Hello, this is Gaming Perspective. Oh, it's not going? Right. No. Hello, this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. Saul? Angeline. <laughs> and, you have, uh, and you have a good day. I've already landed <laughs> it. So today we have Teresa. How do you say your last name? I don't want to butcher it. Duringer. Duringer. Yes. So uh, we met you at KublaCon. You were doing uh, demos, I guess, of your of your uh, app for not Roll for the Galaxy, but Race for the Galaxy, which is a card game, board game. And mm-hmm. you're in the video game industry. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, you hear these horror stories that the video game industry isn't very populated by females. And here you are, you know, in the middle of it and been doing it for a while. So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've been, gosh, I think technically I got my first paycheck 20 years ago from Electronic Arts. Um, and um, partly that was because my mom had been working there. And when I was a kid, she would let me come in and do some playtesting for some of the games she was working on. So um, I, so I've been mostly in for about 10 years and, and yeah, there's, there, it's still, there's a lot of guys, but there's more and more women coming in. Um, right. Especially like through student um, sort of like the student track, it seems a lot more, there's a lot more parity there. So there's hope that <laughs> we'll get more perspectives on games. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. So you said 20 years ago, they paid you when you were 10. Is that what is going on? <laughs> no. You look very young. Uh, Jolene goes, she has to be older. Because I thought you were like your early 20s when I first oh, saw you. No. And she goes, oh, she has to be older than that because she said she was in the business for a while. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe she's like a prodigy or something. <laughs> started when she was no. 12. Stop asking her age. Right, I'm not asking your age. But but you, you obviously started a while ago. You're very young. And you're, well, to me, you're young. And you uh, are in this business that basically even... Because I thought you were just much younger, so I thought you were very new to the industry, but you've been in it for a while. Yeah. And your mom was in it? And your mom was in it. That yes. was like, She is wow. the OG game developer in the family. <laughs> hey, no kidding. <laughs> and, yeah. And it, it was really cool to grow up with that. And I didn't, you know, at the time, I didn't realize how lucky I was. I mean, it's just what I knew. Um, but, right. you know, like we would basically hand out video games for Halloween as candy because she would just get so many um, from her company that um, we had more than we could we could possibly play. Um, <laughs> which is so just everybody visited your house. Did everybody was at your house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and also just you know hearing about what she was doing and hearing about her process was something that was just common everyday dinner table talk. Um, so I think there's just a huge uh, huge leg up in getting into the industry just having that familiarity. Um, from from her talking about it, which has been really nice. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. You, you're like a second generation uh, yeah. game developer. Wow. Yeah. Which uh, so, you don't you don't hear too much about that, but I think um who <laughs> who else? Uh, there are some other developers where I know that their kid. I, I know other developers who are kids of some of the uh, original. Wow. People, and it's pretty pretty fun. neat. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you start. So you're in the game industry. You're making games, video games, and you decided, or you started playing board games by a uh, what is it? It was a, a meetup at your work, right? Yes, that's right. And and you were like, you were there with your Scrabble game that nobody wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought that was a great story. No one would look at it. I, I yeah, you know. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know why people have this aversion to word games. It's like they're, you know, they're not that different from a lot of the board games we play. There's a lot of puzzly elements and and um, sort of spatial components. But for some reason, there's just this kind of identity that people build around not liking word games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love word games, but nobody will play them with me. Yeah, yeah this is my problem. We'll have to play some together. Maybe next yes. Kublicon will just yes. be like the rebels with the old school Scrabble board. Or right, <laughs> we'll get that swivel board. That one that was real fancy. Oh, right? yes, we that is that deluxe. deluxe. The deluxe, yes. You don't have to turn the whole board around. Mm-hmm. So so that's interesting that you know you you go to this board game meetup at your work, which is a video game, and you start playing board games, and I guess you like them. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was hard at first because I was just complete. I think any anyone who comes to board games for the first time, where everyone else, you know, who's playing really knows what's going on. There's this yes. giant barrier to entry because you're not just learning the game; you're learning an entire language of mechanics, like. I didn't know what a victory point was. Um, you know, there's just so much and you take it for granted once you've played a bunch. But if, right. you're, you're, if you're coming new, and I think my first game was Shadows Over Camelot, if you're coming oh. new and you don't, you know, I think that game has... A I think trader it, mechanic. It's a trader mechanic and yes. it's co-op, I believe. And yes. it's just got a lot going on that um, that was, you know, it was like kind of a struggle to sort of digest it all. And, and, um, and then there's like the stress of like, I would need to make a move, but I don't, you know, like how many questions is socially appropriate before people are tired of my <laughs> questions, you know, or should I just make a move and hope for the best? And, but then it's co-op. So people are depending on me and I don't know, there's a, there's a lot. Um, so I think, I think you're definitely a computer person because I would never have thought any of that. I just would have said here, I would have been the brute that's doing all the stupid moves. And everybody's giving me dirty looks and I'm just like, oh, uh, whoa, what's wrong? That's a hard game too. That's that not an easy game. game. Well, and and the thing that kind of compounded it was when I was in this group, I was the most junior person professionally in the group. So, you know, not only am I playing this stuff and learning the new stuff, but also I have a lot on the line. Like, you know, I want to prove to people that, you know, it's a good idea to invite me again. And I want to prove that I'm not just an idiot, even though my, you know, I'm coming from a, a much lower level on the totem pole. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing can be a little bit stressful. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah. So did, did somebody invite you to go, like a, uh, somebody at work, or did you just show up because you saw it on a bulletin board? Yeah, I, I think it, it was the bulletin board type of thing. I think they wow. sent out a company email, and I was like, oh, hey, that's, you know, part of it was I was just looking for any way to connect with uh, more people on the team as a new team member. And I thought, okay, here, this is something that, you know, it's a take-all-comer take situation, so I'm going to go. Um so, so I, I guess that was one of the reasons I got involved was just there was like a little bit of a like professional incentive to like getting involved <laughs> with this group. And then I like actually happened to love the board games so much that I ended up quitting my job and sticking with the board games, which is kind of uh, worked out okay, I guess. <laughs> well, what's funny is that you worked at a video games uh, place and then you, you, you like board games and then you play board games, but now you're making board games back into video games. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. Right? Well, it's what I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I guess, you know, when you come from making games or if you come from anything, like I think people come with their different talents and interests. And when they try right. something new, they have like that backlog of what 
what they could do. Um, and uh, like, you know, I have friends who are bakers or, you know, and they're going to come play a board game and then they're going to bake something that's like related to the board game or, you know, people, I feel like they'll find a way to express themselves with, uh, maybe it's just thinking something about being an expressive person. When you find something you like, you want to use your expressive skills to like. Cool. So, you know, along with the jargon, right, there's like, what is it? There's a, the worker placement mechanic, the hidden trader mechanic, and the point salad and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So what kind of games do you like? What kind of games do you gravitate when you, let's say you want to play games and it's like your house party or your party or whatever, you know, what games do you bring to the table and like to play? Um, I My favorite games are the sort of like... <laughs> Uh, multiplayer solitaire type of games um, <laughs> where you have usually it's something with cards. I like a lot of randomness, which I know some people will turn their nose up, but I don't care. I love it um, yes. because it's welcoming to new players. It means that you can come in and you can have fun with it and it's very accessible. Um, and I, I, I like a game where you can figure things out on your own. Uh, I have a really hard time with co-op games because of quarterbacking. Um, so, yes. so any engine building card game, uh, w- race for the galaxy is a favorite terraforming right. Mars wingspan. I have just been obsessed with lately. Um, I don't know if you guys have played that, but I had a hard time finding it and, um, that's like right up my alley. So, so, so did you get a copy? Cause I know it was like sold out. Everywhere. I did. I did. Wow. I heard and <laughs> hot tip, you can go to bed, bath and beyond.com and buy it. And I, I think they have copies there right now. So. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a you know the weird thing is is that certain board games it's like I guess it's kind of like a movie, right? You know, you some people make a movie and all of a sudden, you know, the, people don't expect too much of it and then it just explodes as yeah. far as popularity. Yeah. And Wingspan is definitely one because it's about birds, right? I know. Like I know. I that is one of my favorite things about it is they that I think it's designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and she you know, I feel like people just go the safe route so often on theme. They'll go with like dragons and knights or just something like that's been done a zillion times because, you know, the audience yes. will accept it. And right. I love Traders that she's mystery. just like birds, birds. <laughs> this is where this is where I'm going. And it's just so refreshing to have something that's about something this actually ends up being kind of educational. Like I'm, I'm reading it and I have a pet bird and it's making me a little bit more excited about bird watching. And that's just not something I would expect from a board game. And <laughs> I, I love it. It's really cool. Well, you know, when I first heard of Wingspan, I thought it was a, like a World War II flight simulator. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that could be cool too. <laughs> that, no, no, it's funny, but that's what I, I thought. So I go, cause it was like really like big deal. And then when some people says, you know, I forget what I was reading. They go, oh yeah, it's, you know, I we would think the theme about birds, I go birds. And then I, I, the, the board looks beautiful, but I was still was thinking, birds huh <laughs> so I thought that was kind of strange. that's cool you know what's hilarious is so i've been playing this obsessively it's basically been like dominating my kitchen table since it arrived like this week and oh so you just got it. i just got it yeah okay. and um and what's funny is i have a pet parakeet and there is something about this game where i think my theory is it's that the eggs there are these tokens that look like eggs and they're the size and shape of a bird's egg and I feel like there is something where my bird actually is seeing these eggs and is like, oh, those are relevant to me in some way. Let me come over. And the bird will just fly at anyone who's playing this game. And it, you know, it could be a little bit, you know, stressful, maybe if you're not used to a bird flying at your head. But um, but it, it 
it's kind of <laughs> fun. Like it's some emergent gameplay adding to the experience. And I, I don't, I'm not sure I why, know. but there's something the bird is tapping into. And I can't, I can't imagine it's just the like static images of birds, but maybe. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, it adds to the ambiance of the whole world, yeah. right? There's a yeah. parakeet running around. Or Total immersion. <laughs> <laughs> you should buy a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so uh, that 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 is the kind of game you like. Obviously, you know you you have certain everybody has certain niche games that they like. You know certain types. So you told me you weren't into role playing games because you know you didn't like the idea of you like it. You want like parity, right? You want everything kind of equal, and you feel that. That one you're not don't have the I don't know the acting chops or something with the skills, and then the other one was that you you don't you're worried about that person liking somebody more than your. If he tells you, if he says anything you didn't actually say, just <laughs> let him know because he doesn't always remember things exactly yes, the do, way they are. I do make up my own things, but remember, I remember something about role playing games that you were kind of like you're not totally misrepresenting me. No, I'm just oh, no, 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 no. You're you're totally right. Um, I do feel like I don't know. I think this is because maybe I'm not a very popular person, but I feel like with some what of these. Mean, okay, role- okay, stop, stop, stop. What, what does that mean? Well, popular. I think maybe sometimes I'm like missing some social cues or something like that where, you know, really? maybe, we all do that. Yeah, like I, it's fine. I have other skills. Like um, it's fine. But what I've noticed is that sometimes I feel like um, I feel like in some games there are popularity mechanics that uh, things can be popularity contests for example in a game where if you're having um an argument like i think there's a game out there i can't recall the name where you have an argument between two players and whoever makes the best argument wins obviously it can't be anonymous anonymous because you're seeing the people give the argument right then so there is a huge um i think a pitfall here where let's say Let's just say we were playing at my office party. Let's just say the CEO was playing. Hmm, who might win? <laughs> you know, everyone's going to like butt kiss the CEO because they want some brownie points that might last even beyond the board game experience. And so it creates kind of this like unfair and by, obviously that, that didn't happen. But like it, it creates this sort of like un, unbalanced scenario where you come into it and it might not be the content of what you have to say, but more your social standing within the group that determines the winner. And to me, that's just a really frustrating experience. And um, especially as someone who is not always the most popular person in the group, um, I I feel like I can get a little bit, uh, I don't know. Uh, yes, <laughs> a little bit. Or maybe I'm just making excuses for not having the best arguments. Either way, I, I will always be wondering and that will bother me. So I like it when... I like it when you're playing a board game and it is literally, you know, your success or failure is is largely based on what you did and you can evaluate afterwards how to make an improvement for the next time. You know, if you have a popularity contest and you're not the most popular person, like barring becoming the new CEO or whatever's the thing that's going to put you in that top banana position, there's nothing you can do the next time to improve. And I think that is frustrating for me. We'll have to invite you to one of Saul's parties one of these days because <laughs> with his family, we I don't know if you've ever heard of Resistance, but the boys uh-huh. that we have teenagers, teenagers all around and they love it uh-huh. and they keep wanting to play it and play it. And their uncle, Saul's brother, Felipe, when they play it with him, Felipe always says, I am not the traitor or what is that? Is that what <laughs> the spy. Uh-huh. And 
ever since he said it and he was the spy one time they refused to believe him uh-huh. so i know it, it's kind of like you know how she's what what you're talking about yes. so but yeah it's hilarious because you can see i i totally understand where you're coming from on that one right yeah yeah i don't know i I I find it hard to believe that you don't think it's popular, but that's that's cool. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not trying to like. It's not even about me. Like, so let's just say there's a, a scenario where I am the most popular person. I still think that's unfair. Like, right, right. You know, even if I win, then I maybe I won based on popularity and not based on like what my actions were, and then that's kind yeah. of like not great to everyone else. So yeah. I mean, I guess these games are probably good, especially if you have a really even player group. Like, if everyone is like a stranger, for example, then you're even. Or if everyone is really a close friend, then you're even. I think it gets tricky right. when you get couples, you know, where a couple, some couples will like favor each other. Some p- couples yes. will really screw each other over. Yes. And yes. either way, you know that like someone's going to be pouting at the end of the night because of some of that <laughs> shenanigans. Um, yeah. That sounds like a typical Friday night at our house. <laughs> yes. I, we yes. play with our friends, Steve and Kathy, and we have to separate them. But they cannot sit next to each other, so, and because she gets too upset, she, she gets upset because he is he because he's really really good. Okay. He's and he can figure out what everybody else is going to do. Like he's four moves ahead, like in chess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like going, "That's not fair! You stop <laughs> playing the game in your head for me." <laughs> so. Yeah, but you're right. You, you know, you have especially like let's say uh, what's that game? Pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody who's really strong, I hate that game. Who's <laughs> who's strong willed. <laughs> And he will tell people, okay, now you're going to yeah. do this and then you're going to do that. Yeah. And I remember we played a game with one of our friends and he, that's exactly what we did. We won, but I was like, oh, I and guess I guess Chris won. Did I, Yeah, I did we win or did Chris win? <laughs> yeah, right. So I totally understand that now. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I hate to tell you, but in role-playing games, there is no winner, right? The winner is the person who had fun. And oh. everybody should have fun. Yes. Anyway, I'll get you role-playing sooner or later, Ms. Uh, Teresa. Yeah, okay. I I think I need to like try it with more groups and and yeah I think the the most important thing probably with role playing is the people that you're with and yeah oh yeah definitely yeah. you love wingspan that's a pretty new game and yeah. anything else that you like uh, older or new other than you know Scrabble well um, along these lines I've been playing a ton of Resarcana which is Tom Lehman's um, new Tom Lehman being the designer of Race for the Galaxy and Rule for the right. Galaxy uh, it's uh, it's this new game from him published by Sandcastle Games, and it's just another phenomenal engine builder. It feels really tight, like you are working with a small subset of cards um, out of a small deck um, and and trying to build an engine. And it, it, because, because of the limitedness of what you're working with, it feels like decisions are a bit more critical. And, um, and, and it feels highly strategic, and I, I've been really liking that one, too. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So oh, on, oh, and I, I guess I'll just throw one more in there unless you were going to say something about. No, no, Resonata, no, no. Which is my new favorite party game, which is Belrati. Uh, it, I don't remember the name of the designer. I should, I should know it if I'm going to do a podcast, but um, it is this <laughs> okay. phenomenal party game kind of fits in the vibe of like code names or decrypto. Uh, it's co-op um, and you have uh Basically, you can just divide a big group. You, it says it goes up to seven, but the other day we pushed it up to nine, and it was fine. Um, right. You can. Uh, you have half of the players are these artists, and half of the players are these mu- museum curators. Museum curators have two pieces of artwork randomly drawn from this deck. Basically, every single card in the game is just a random image 
kind of watercolor. I think it, you know, like a flip flop or a soccer ball or (laughs) a ladder, all the stuff. And the art, the curators will put forward two cards and say, we're going to do an art show. And the artists will have to submit however many pieces of art the curators have called for. But the problem is they can't speak to each other about what they're submitting. They just have to somehow between the group figure out the best set of cards they have. <laughs> and then there's also a forger, Belrati. So four random cards are going to go into the mix. And then you shuffle in all the submissions, including the random ones. And the curators have to figure out which are the real art pieces and which column that they go column they go to. And it ends up being just, you know, one of those games where you have a lot of arguments of like, I think they mean this. I think they mean that. Right, and right, and right. It, it just, it also works so well for people who are, um, not really into like strategic heavy board games. Right, um, right. So if you have so, one of those people, they're going to be very included feeling. That's pretty cool. So that's like a like a good a gateway game, as they call it, right? Yes. It's a party game. Yeah. And it has a little bit more strategy than your typical party game. I don't yeah. know. We played that uh, a game at DungeCon where you weren't allowed to talk. And um, <laughs> what was the name of that I, one? I don't remember. But Something Maze? I remember that Steve like was getting really, really upset because he couldn't talk and the boys were like trying to tell him what to do. They said, don't ever make me play that again because there was a timer. And I'm like, oh my God. I forget what it was called, but that was that was not fun for him. Something Maze Runner okay. or something yeah. like that. It was funny because I come up to the table and I'm on looking at them and they're playing the game and, and there's like a, a person who, who's like in charge or the first person marker. And my son is getting excited. He's pounding on the on the table and I'm like, the heck is going on here and they're like looking at each other and they're pointing and making gestures i'm like what the heck is going on and then i figured out that they couldn't talk and it's, oh. it's actually pretty funny oh that's cool yeah yeah but it, it is frustrating for people who are like you know who are really explain what they're what ask questions and figure uh, out what's going yeah. on and what you mean right so. it's, it's steve a talker yes Yes, oh. and he likes. He's an he, analytical talker yes. too. <laughs> oh. He likes playing out, you know, what the theories are. What if the, we did this, right I yes. think this is what would happen. Oh no, that, that kind of thing. So yeah, he, he does that in role playing. Lots games of the too. men in my life are like that in, in <laughs> not only role playing games but regular games. I, uh-huh. can, I go, you need to take your turn, and you can tell that they're thinking about if I do this move, what's going to happen? Yeah, before my next turn, and I'm like going, just take a turn, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that this kind of, um, it sort of thwarts that. So I remember you also saying at, at KublaCon that uh, the thing you liked about, the thing you thought made board games so popular was that, you know, anybody could, with just a short period of time, become an expert in a game and be able to teach others. And you thought that it was really valuable for people to be able to teach other people and that it gave them some sort of a, uh, something that they didn't usually do. Mm-hmm. And in their n- normal life. And I thought that was pretty interesting because, like, I think you're right. A lot of people, you know, they do their work, they do their job. And maybe they might tell somebody, you know, I need this done. But they don't tell them, you know, necessarily how to do things. And I think it could be very rewarding when you you, when you teach somebody. I mean, that's yeah. why teachers teach, right? Because, yes. you know, you don't want to put up with brats for, like, 20 years if you didn't, like, like the idea <laughs> or, or gain some fulfillment out of right. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have this idea in our society, I think, that teaching is a very binary thing. You're either are a teacher or you're not. You know, if you go into an industry, maybe you're part of the the training of new employees in that industry or you're a worker. And there's not a lot of in between. And I think you're right. Like when you do play that role of the teacher, not only are you helping other people, but 
you are reinforcing your own understanding. So I think it has some, some benefits to yourself. And also I think you just enjoy like having a position of authority where people are respecting your opinion. They're quietly listening to you and they're attentive to you. And I think that can make someone feel valuable. Like they, you know, have, have someone who wants to hear what they have to say. And I think we don't have a lot of places in our lives where teaching moments are modularized like the way that they are in board games. Board games are literally in these boxes of knowledge and <laughs> you can spend an hour learning one and then you can go sort of like commute that into an experience where you can teach someone for, you know, a half an hour or an hour. And so you get these chains of learning and then teaching and then learning. And there's an incentive structure built in to learning. Um, you might not always be the kind of person who wants to sit and listen to someone else for an hour, but with board games, you're incentivized to do it because not only will you be better at playing the game and earn more points and feel good about yourself, but also you'll then have, you'll be equipped to then have that skill set to go teach someone else. And I just don't think there's, there's too many other places in our lives that do that. And I think it's pretty neat. I think, no, I, I that really resonated with me when he told me at KubaCon because I, I went home when I went home later on after the weekend high was over of playing, you know, board games and role-playing games. I go, man, that, that's a pretty interesting idea because I hadn't really ever thought of it in that way because I always thought gamers were just like teaching games because that's just what it was. Mm -hmm. And, and and the way you put it, it made more sense to me that that they that the people who teaching do get something out of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, it right. might be a reason that we all like board games. Like, there's probably I, I studied psychology in school, and I I bet there's a whole lot going on with board <laughs> games between like the social interactions you get with other people and the, you know the teaching and the listening and the exchanges that are happening there. That I, I bet it's not an accident that this is a popular activity. I bet there's some chemical <laughs> stuff that we're all you know benefiting from. Absolutely. So you were were you a psychology major? I was, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a bachelor's degree, so this is all armchair psychology, but still, <laughs> I'm interested. You know, no, I, I, thought ju I just thought you had a computer science degree because you were in the tech industry, sort of. Oh, yeah. You know, I got in through a roundabout way, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, psychology. Uh, uh, that's pretty cool. It's I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julie likes that. So then, <laughs> has that helped you? Uh, no wonder you look at things so differently than, than a, you know, a, you a techno geek, you know, that I, we have so many of them at, you know, at, at conventions, you know, because, you know, they, they tend to be very dry and analytical and stuff. And I'm like, uh, but you're like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're definitely coming from a different angle. Okay, try not to that, offend everybody. That I'm not. <laughs> Oh, you know, I think she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, who, who's going to be pissed off after listening to this? We got Steve, yeah, yeah, yeah. your Steve, friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 one friend. He doesn't even he listen to my show. Because he can't <laughs> figure out how. He can't figure out his phone. He's a techno. Oh, no. Techno, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, but I, uh, I think you're right. There are a lot of people who are very analytical, drawn to board games. And I, right. I like for me, I know almost everyone I know who who, who works on video games is involved uh, as in the hobby of board games. There is really? a, a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people coming from video games see board games as this very like pure, pure form of these mechanics where because they're not, most of them are not executing in real time. Most of them are 
turn-based, you can take a turn and then, you know, there's as much time as is polite to your friends before the next turn, which means <laughs> there's a gap in there and you can, you can all kind of like get into that gap and evaluate what just happened and what makes it interesting versus a video game where everything is happening so fast in real time. There are a lot of similar mechanics to board games, but you don't have the time to really like think about them. You just have to kind of go. And um, so I think a lot of video game developers find relief in that spread out nature, like the the, line, the linear timeline of what is happening right. in a board game and being able to like analyze what mechanics we like and then why do we like them? What will we change? And then kind of turn them into a video game. It's kind of research, I think. So, right. yeah. And then there's a social aspect too, right? That sometimes video games you don't get. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Augustine's yelling on the computer with his friends all the time <laughs> when they're playing. Well, he's so. playing like, I don't know, what the heck he's playing? I think he's playing like, I have no idea. Rust and all Rust kinds and of things. League oh, yeah. of Legends. Shooting things. Yeah. League of Legends is a bunch of terrible people. <laughs> Talk about upsetting everybody. Oh. So Roll, Roll for the Galaxy is the dice game of Race for the Galaxy. Now, me and Jolene have actually played that, and actually Jolene likes it. Oh, cool. Because uh, it was really fun. It, it's, it, I thought it was pretty neat. So is that coming out pretty soon? Is it out? You're saying you're working on it, kind of. Yes, we're working on it, and we're going to do a beta. Um, so anyone who wants to get involved with that is probably going to be coming within the next couple of months. And cool. the beta will be free to iOS uh, players. And um, and uh, and then shortly thereafter, hopefully, um, if people don't find too too many bugs, we'll be releasing <laughs> the game. Um, but we do have some. That's the nice thing about working at a small company. We have some flexibility. So depending on what feedback people give us, we can spend more time and attention on new features or bugs, or just get the game out if everyone's ready for it. Um, cool. And uh, Roll for the Galaxy. For those who have played Race for the Galaxy or maybe, maybe haven't played them. Uh, Roll for the Galaxy is the dice version of this. It's a sort of engine builder set in space. And Race for the Galaxy was designed by Tom Lehman, who I mentioned earlier had also designed Res Arcana. Um, fantastic engine builder type of uh, designer. And then Wei Wa Huang, who is a puzzle designer, um, and I think he's been involved with like, um, you know, crosswords you might see in the New York Times, lots of puzzle designs. He's, he's really um, kind of well-known in the puzzle industry, took a, made um, sort of like his mark on what is Race for the Galaxy in terms of dice and this puzzliness thing. And I think it turned out to be a really cool game. And I find that a lot of people like it, you know, just as much as Race for the Galaxy, some, some people even more so. Right. I mean, some people just love dice. You know, I don't know if you noticed this. But yeah. Me. Oh, yes. Gamers lo love dice. This game I mean, has so many dice, too. <laughs> it. The box is full of them. And so, and so there's something about dice that just, like, it tickles that lizard brain in the gamer. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Yeah. Because my wife. My, you know, my wife keeps, Jolene, my wife, Jolene uh -huh. keeps buying dice. She goes, oh, look at these dice I bought. I'm like, well, you mean with the other 100 bag that you have there? <laughs> and then she always gets this gleam in her eye about dice. And, oh, and yeah. then she's not the only one. I mean, gamers yes. that I know for years and years that have hundreds of dice still get excited about the new set that they got. You can never have enough dice. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like this perfect combination between like, you know, sort of, sort of like tokens and then they've got these kind of runes on them which seems kind of interesting and then they're kind of like <laughs> gems like a lot of them are glossy and shiny oh and yeah 
I, I don't know why we like, I love gems and I, I think a lot of people do. And maybe there's something to do with like, if something is shiny like that, maybe there's some like water involved and that's why humans are attracted to it. Or maybe it's fruit like or something. There is something in us that is like <laughs> that size and shape and the coloring and the glossiness that we just got to have them. And uh, whatever it is, that's yeah. me. Cause yes. I gotta have them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and- yeah. Roll just has so many of them. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember now that I'm learning a little bit more about the board game industry, I'm like, you know, you just hear how expensive comp- component manufacturing is and component shipping. And that game must oh, have, yeah. it must have like a hundred, a hundred. I don't want, I shouldn't say without actually knowing, but it seems like it's got just a zillion dice. It does. I, I remember uh, when, when I was at a game store and uh, the owner goes, Oh, do you like Race for the Galaxy when it first came out? I go, yeah, but I couldn't get everybody else to play because of all the iconography. He goes, oh, then you got to play this game. It's called Roll for the Galaxy. And he lifted the box. And all I heard was this just crescendo of dice in it. I go, I guess it is called Roll for the Galaxy. There's a galaxy of dice in that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's, you know, I, it's funny the way you talk is it's like, it's like that psychology, psychology <laughs> degree comes out in it talking about, you know, how we love dice for different It makes reasons. perfect sense to me because that, <laughs> uh, now I know why I like dice so much. It's, and it's, it's justified. Thing. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this makes me want to go. I don't have like a really good set of dice. Do you Uh-oh. have any recommendations for someone who Who's ready to dice? I would be ready to up my dice for sure. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's really is, uh, well, now there's all kinds of different dice. We, we had a whole episode about <laughs> dice because it's such a, for role players, it's such a, you know, personal thing, right? Yeah. So when, when you roll dice and they don't do what roll you want, well, they, mm. they call it dice jail. They actually make these little jails on Etsy where you can put your dice <laughs> yes, in jail. Yeah. And so jo- Jolino do this, but without the jail uh, thing. <laughs> She'll she'll set them aside, right? The ones that don't roll well, and then she'll leave them there for a while, and then she'll grab new dice and roll them. I'm like looking at her, going, uh, <laughs> "Teach them a lesson." <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah. You're, I just didn't, they didn't work, so I had to pick new ones. We uh-huh. did that. Everybody did that in the last um, Stone Age game that we played. Yes. We got out because we had bought these yellow and pink dice for Shadowrun because you need a ton of six sided dice, and so we were playing um, Stone Stone Age and the dice weren't working. The pink dice weren't working. So Saul went and got the yellow dice. So then everybody <laughs> at the table was mixing pink and yellow dice and oh, putting depending. the ones that didn't roll well oh my God. off to the side. It was hilarious. I know that uh, people were saying, don't mix your dice with my dice. And I was just, <laughs> was being crazy. like, okay, people, we're going to stick with the, 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 bo- the game comes with wooden dice and absolutely nobody likes wooden dice. For some reason. <laughs> they don't roll right. <laughs> they don't have that like nice clinky sound to them. The like. So but- I was going to, I was going to say there's only like two different kinds of dice. Old, you know, I'm an old school. I'm older. So there's only two back. Back then, there was only two dice. It was Chessix and uh, Game Science. But now you have all these like really fancy dice that, you know, go on Kickstarter or, you know, they have their own businesses. Like, you know, everybody makes dice these days. So. So I think the best dice you could you could possibly buy are the ones that are really like you really like. And usually for me, it's like a purple blue swirl because I like purple and blue. And so, mm-hmm. and as long as you could see the pips clearly, that is paramount because some of these <laughs> dice, they color them with a color that I can't even t- read them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Form so, over yeah, function. It's definitely a personal decision as to your dice set. <laughs> yeah. I just go and stare at them and then I buy some. 
Yeah, I just love that, like, when you go to a convention and they have those particular booths, they're, like, almost remind yes. me of, these, like, bizarre stalls, and they'll have just, like, these, like, collections, you know, and I just want to touch everything. It's, like, <laughs> you feel compelled to just come and, like, sort of, like, trace your hand into all of these little uh, comp- compartments of components. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's not only me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're spreading your luck to the to all the dice there. Oh yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Put it, yeah. So, do you have like a? Do you still have an active group of uh, of game nights that you have, or at work, or well, your work is now your you and your friends or your partners, right? Yeah. So you, it's not it's not like a big company anymore. It's not. No. Yeah. So do do you? How often do you get to play board games? Since you have you know wingspan on your co- on your kitchen table, is it every day, or you know who do you have? Who do you play with? Just close oh, friends. I try to make a once a month uh, board game night um, that okay. I I'll, I'll go to. I'll do it for sure, so I can look forward to it all month. And that's like a usually <laughs> a big, a big, um, big party. And then, um, you know, for a while I was hosting a once a week, but I noticed that the frequency of like hosting once a week, being the host. And, you know, sometimes nobody shows up, but you've sort of committed that night. So it means you have had maybe to say no to other invitations because you have to do that thing. And, you know, again, I'm not the most popular person always. So sometimes (laughs) no one shows up and then you're just like, okay, well, uh, this great, you know, maybe someone else could host so so that I don't have to do this. So I found that, you know, the once a week was a little hard for me to yeah. and then I, well, of course, I'll, I'll take a spontaneous board game night anytime. But I found the cool. once a month is like my my good, um, yeah. You know, which it's it feels like it comes up all the time, and yeah, cool, cool. So do you, do you go like to meetups or like I know like Los Altos has a a games day uh, about once every other month or something like that, and uh, other places you know they have like uh, games day at different libraries and stuff. So yeah. do you go to those or you just, or just you do anything kind of The once a month is at my ha- house. So I'll kind of, oh, okay. that's how much I'm willing to kind of like, you know, spend money to feed everyone <laughs> and <laughs> all the like practical things. Um, but I, but yeah, I just moved to the city and there's some really neat events. There's a prototype board game night at uh backer, backer kit. Backer kit yeah. Yes. yeah. And that's huh. been neat because there's a lot of designers there. So you can go right. and like, talk to the people behind the games and, you know, register your, you know, complaints and wishes for their expansions, <laughs> uh, have an actual impact on the games, which is kind of cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So there, there's so many events around the Bay area and there's, there's so many designers. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited about it. And it, it feels like it's finally catching up with places like Seattle where it felt like, you know, you couldn't walk a block without running into an epic board game cafe and San Francisco has been really behind on that, but it, cool. it feels like it's catching up now. Oh, so you moved to the city? I did, yes. Yeah. Where, where were you living before? Like down in South Bay? Uh, I was in San Mateo. Oh, that's almost there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went to the big deluxe apartment in the sky, huh? That's <laughs> before your time, right? That's the Jefferson. <laughs> stop, Saul, stop. <laughs> I forgot. I forget it. Uh, anyway, so so that's pretty cool. You uh, you ju- does that recently move? Uh, yeah, ish. Within the last six months, I guess. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. That's yeah. exciting. So how do you like San Francisco compared to San Mateo? Well, uh, it's a city. It's like yes. a big city. I've never I've never done the city thing. I've always been in the suburbs. So the, it is really neat to be able to I don't know, just be part of a city. Um it feels like you're it feels like there's, you know, 
a heartbeat a million people to with it. You? There's a million people. Oh, there's yes. problems because, you know, people are a little territorial because everyone's like up in each other's face kind of. <laughs> um, and that's this thing you learn to like hate and then you love. I don't know. It's it, There's new things I wasn't expecting. Um, but, cool. but it's neat. I, I don't know about you guys. Have you guys done the city thing before? No, 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 no. Jolene's a country girl and somehow I convinced her to move to the city in San Jose and that's about as far as we can oh. get. Well, San Jose, that's a, that's a big city too. Yeah. yeah, but we live in the, I guess, you know, we're in San Jose, but we're, I don't know, San Jose is all spread out. Well, oh, it it, is. The, yes. the weird thing about San Jose, it is spread out and it's like incorporated icons of other little towns like uh, like yeah. Willow Glen and and right, we're, we're right next to Campbell. And so they all, even San Mateo had its own little like downtown area. So it felt kind of like, I mean, you could get San Mateo downtown and stick it in the middle of anywhere USA and it would feel the same way more or less. Yeah. yeah, but San, yeah. Fr- San Francisco is not exactly that. Right. It has, like you said, it definitely has its own vibe. Yeah. It has its own character. Yeah. You couldn't stick San Francisco in Chicago and get the same feel. Right. Right. Maybe I think Chicago, but not Chico or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think San Francisco feels a little bit like the city of misfits where, you know, it's just <laughs> a reputation for having all kinds of like, you know, out there ideas and stuff that I think it's drawn a lot of those people to sort of self-fulfilling prophecy about it. And that right. gives it just a like ton of character and yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Well, congratulations on your move. Yeah, uh, so I really appreciate you coming and talking to us. I know you're a busy lady uh, working on your upcoming role for the Galaxy app. Uh, good luck with that. And uh, we hope to see the beta soon. Oh, yes. Yes. And um, I guess if people want to hear more or be involved with the beta, a great place to sign up for that would be templegatesgames.com. There is a newsletter sign up right there, and then you will hear about it. Cool. So you can be first right. in the I'll list. put that in the show notes. Uh, anything else you want to say before we leave? Thanks so much for oh, taking the time you. out of your day to talk about board games with me. No, anytime. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I'll Thank invite you. you to our one of our next upcoming board games. Well, you're in the city, so it's kind of far. Yeah, it's not but, too uh... bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Teresa. Uh, you have a good weekend, a f- good holiday. The Fourth of July is coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna go blow blow some Roman candles out your out your out your. You're so apartment. strange. No? So strange. You know, I'll probably be playing board games. Hopefully you guys <laughs> sneak some of that in there too. Oh, yeah. We'll be playing yeah. games. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. This All is right. Gaming's Perspectives with Saul. Angela. And you guys have a, have a good day. day.